Hey everyone, today we have Charlie Hopper of Young and Laramore on the line to chat about uh, selling eating and all the goodies that he has going on up there. Uh, Charlie, why don't you say hi? Hi. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> tell us a little bit about Young and Laramore and some of your history and, you know, bring people to speed. Right. I am Charlie Hopper. I work at Young and Laramore Advertising uh, and we consider ourselves um, a restaurant marketing agency that um, has spent so many hours trying to figure out how to convince people to choose this place to eat instead of that place to eat. And uh, a whimsical choice for the, for the diner and not, uh, you know, and, and hours of, of intensive meeting and discussion for the marketers. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we've just spent so much time thinking about it that I ended up writing a book. And then another book, actually, I don't even know if you know about that, Joseph. Um, I don't know if I know about that. Yeah, there's a second book that's kind of, uh, well, I'm so uncomfortable plugging my stuff, but I'll do it <laughs> anyway. Yeah, the first book, which I think is how you discovered um, that I would be willing to talk your leg off um, on a podcast, is the first book, Selling Eating, mm-hmm. Restaurant Marketing Beyond the Word Delicious, which is actually gets right to the core of what I think we uh, base everything off of, which is just don't do the stuff everybody else is doing unless you want to seem like everybody else. It, it, right. Which is actually that is a strategy, and that's a fine strategy if that's your goal. But right. um, but most people would like to try to differentiate themselves. And the other, so that's the first book, and that's really the main book. That's kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, the thick book that um, has uh, chapters um, that are dedicated to specific topics and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But then, for like since 20, God, um, 11 or 2013, it's been for a long time I've been writing um, artic- uh, restaurant marketing articles for mm-hmm. Food and Drink magazine. So food, every issue of Food and Drink since, and I should have this more memorized, but as, I think it's since... Um, 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 has a restaurant marketing article by me. And so eventually you realize, oh, I accidentally created a bunch of content. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's what that is. Uh, it's um, just, it, it, it's, it's a compilation of the, of the, of the better articles in that. And it's, um, Kind of funny, and the nice thing I think about it, as opposed to, I mean, it depends on kind of what you're looking for. The the restaurant marketing um, playbook aspect of selling eating, I think, is is a little more in depth, more like a business book. Right. But um, then, you know, this other one, which I'm calling Nuggets, Nibbles, Morsels, and Crumbs, um, mm. a collection of, of columns. Yeah. And. Um, Yes, in summer of 2011, the whole time I've been talking, I've been looking up on LinkedIn so I could get it right. Yeah. Yes, so, <laughs> since 2011, um, and, and basically they're, 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 they have word count r- restrictions. Sure. And so I had to be succinct. I couldn't just ramble. I had to be succinct. And so I just sort of ended up developing a format where there's lists of actionable advice and mm-hmm. um, each one is on a different topic and, you know, Maybe if you read them, you would enjoy them. Yeah, so. it uh, seems, I mean, that's a concise format, especially in a, this day and age of uh, mass consumption oh, of Oh, seriously, content. I can't, I can so rarely sit and read, read, read a book. I have to come and go and come and go. And that, that right. that's kind of, it's, oh, and it's an ebook, So it's kind of designed for that. 
Yeah, exactly. I think that's actually um, cool. So it's funny. The first book that I wrote, uh, it's no longer available because I actually read it after I wrote it. And I'm like, wow, I don't want to sound like that at all. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was it was written in 2010. And there was definitely some technology issues there, maybe some naivety that I didn't want to be out there currently rewriting. But it started the same way. Like, you know, I write blog articles and I'm like, well, hey, look at this. I think if I put them all together and staple the sides... (laughs) I have a book. (laughs) So it's kind of a cool way to fall into it. But I was really impressed with Selling Eating. Uh, There's a lot of good content in there that um, says the things that I think maybe I wasn't so good at saying in the past. Um, And and it it kind of reaffirmed things that I had been thinking and saying. So it was great to almost have someone help me put words to it. And I think the same would go for anyone else who has read it. And, um, you know, one of the things that you tackle in that book is let's face it, like restaurant marketing in the industry in general is has been stagnant for a very long time with only a few uh, brands rising to the top and maybe changing the game a little bit. Not changing the game, maybe just changing the play um, of the game uh, here and there. So what, one thing that popped out of me was this, you know, how many times can we see the same shots of a sizzling steak? You know, you can remove the logo, put another logo there, and, and you really wouldn't know the difference. And so... In your thoughts, how do you think restaurant and beverage brands can shake off that go-to of, I need to show the beer pouring, I need to show my steak sizzling, and the, the iconic cheese pool on the pizza? Right. It's it, 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 every, All across America, every day, somebody's grappling with that question. Yeah. And I, th- I think that the answer is not easy, which is that you have to figure out what your brand stands for, and not just in kind of a glib, well, I sat down and wrote a, wrote a mission statement. Now we know what to do. I mean, you really, it's a lot of work to really hone it down to something simple. You know, that's that deceptively simple idea. But once you kind of understand that, and I do have like what I think is a beautiful example that I, is my favorite example that I'll mention in a minute. Um, but once you understand what people like about you and what makes you different and why somebody might prefer you besides you're just convenient, um, you know, a right turn instead of a left turn. Sure. Once you understand why someone would seek you out, it kind of starts to inform all the other decisions. And that's how you end up like in the book, you know, I, I think I, <clears throat> I did screen grabs of a, of a, of a, of an Outback steak and uh, maybe a, I don't know, Charlie's or somebody. I mean, it's like, yeah. All the casual dine steak shots are beautiful and mouthwatering, to use a word that I never use, and because mm-hmm. um, that's saliva, the water right. that you're talking about, <laughs> that's not just water. That is, you're like a glands that are like bodily mm, fluids. Yeah, <laughs> secretions. <laughs> so let's stop talking about our secretions while we're trying to make people hungry. Anyway, anyway, the uh, this. You know, food photographers know what they're doing, and they and they know how to make make something look great. But the the next question is, but how do I know that it's definitely that one that I want? Is the big huge question because you really can't, and you can you can just recut the spot with the other guy's steak, and it's still the same mm-hmm. thing. Um, so, like Outback, to me, they are missing a huge opportunity because they at least used to be somewhat distinct from their competition. I don't know that they are anymore. But um, they could give you way more 
cues and clues to how they're doing their food in a way that makes them different or better. And the fact that they don't actually, as a consumer, and this is not as a restaurant marketer, makes me wonder, well, maybe they aren't different. Maybe right. I might as well just go ahead and go to the Chili's because it's not different than the Outback. And the whole point, I think, of a marketing assignment is to make someone prefer your client and right. your brand. And so that we, and it's, it's not an art and it's not a science. It's a um, frustrating blend because each side mm-hmm. is so suspicious of the other side. Um, so it really is a difficult task. And so just to kind of boil all that, I guess, down uh, and reduce it to a concentrated sauce, it, 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 you, you just have to back up and say, what are we about so that when we show the food, the food seems to be somehow authentically our food and not just because we hired a really talented person to shoot a picture of it. Yeah, it seems it seems um, I, I don't want to call it laziness because I don't think it's actually laziness, but I think it, maybe it is frustration where um, a lot of these restaurant brands just kind of fall into. Um, <laughs> well, I think now we can we can actually call it this. I think well, they, they trumpify their marketing. That's now a word <laughs> where it just, you know, they're up there and they're like, this is a steak. It's the best steak. You're going to love it. It's the greatest uh, The steak. You never had a steak like this. You're going to love it. It's great. <laughs> and you just sit there like, okay, thanks. I mean, yeah. all right. All right. <laughs> well, and, and why didn't that work f- for um, Marco Rubio when he tried to do the same thing as Trump? It's because there still <laughs> is something different about Trump that we can't always put our finger on, but we know is different. And um, he, has, he, he was a masterful marketer. He right. distinguished himself in an authentic seeming way so that we thought we understood him. Oh, guess what? Maybe not everyone <laughs> understood, but um, he, 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 he basically marketed himself really effectively. And it, it's an interesting study that somebody will uh, publish. And um, I can just feel my spirits sinking at the mention of it. Sorry. Because <laughs> I, no, I, I'm revealing what I shouldn't reveal in a business context. But anyway, sure. Um, Yes, just saying that your food is better isn't convincing. We are very sophisticated people, all of us, even including the people you have contempt for and the right. people that you either have made snap judgments on because you saw them at the mall with their kids crying or at the <laughs> Walmart parking lot or just because you related to them and they annoy you every holiday, whoever they are. You have mm-hmm. uh, possibly underestimated their sophistication in understanding how to interpret a company's value to them. And marketing is a, the whole thing is marketing. Every single thing you do, mm-hmm. as this, I'm not the first person to say, but, um, but it's it just, we're so attuned. And as soon as we see that steak that looks like everyone else's steak, we don't consciously think about it, but we basically immediately go, I know what that is. Got it. Got it. Totally, right. comp- totally competent place to go. No, you know, no, no downside, no upside. Just a completely reasonable choice. And I guess we should aim higher. Is the point? Is we should try to make someone authentically go out of their way. Maybe talk to their friends about how they like it. I mean, those places exist. What makes them different? And it's usually that they have convinced you 
that they are better in some important way. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> it's it's <laughs> it's funny to really start mulling it over. And I swear this is the last political uh, rope in no, I will do. <laughs> I, 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 oh my god! I've so for like since I got on Facebook, I never posted one political thing. And then right. as we got closer to the election, I lost my I lost control and I went totally political. So anybody agreed would yeah. know. <laughs> it's, it's right. Yeah, I, I was a very outspoken. Um, Gary Johnson supporter, honestly, and uh, oh. not 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 because I believed in everything the man said or, or agreed with everything the guy said, but I liked who he was as a human. Um, you know, I liked that he climbs like all these mountains. I like that he does marathons. I like uh, I don't even smoke, but I like that he smokes weed and he realizes <laughs> that it's so stupid that that is like a law that we enforce with a lot of money. Um but I never once thought that he would be our president, but it was more like, I, I think we need to disrupt this bipartisan game um, that is an obvious control tactic. And so I was very outspoken about that on Facebook and, you know, maybe sometimes embarrassingly so. But I was completely enamored by uh, Bernie Sanders and Trump uh, as as people. Um, maybe enamored is not the right – well, I was enamored from a marketing standpoint. Like you said, I, I – I really didn't care for what they said, but I'm like, wow, these people are like phenomenal because I think for the first time, there's two people who aren't scared to actually stand for something for real, whether it's right or wrong and whether it's perceived uh, by either side as something bad or good. They, for the first time, we have two people with like a set of brass tacks to actually just say it. And I think that's what really got people excited on either side, because I mean, how many times have we had to sit there and listen to a bunch of wet noodles say a lot of nothing? Um, and now we have two people that are like a little bit more fearless about saying something. And I think that is the the message to get or the uh, what we want to do with these brands that we work with um, is to get them to stop talking about nothing. You know, great, you're delicious. I mean, like no one woke up today and said, you know what, I'm gonna make I'm gonna sh- make a shitty burger. You know, and right. I'm going to peddle it, you know, well, maybe, maybe want, Starbucks. <laughs> to continue your, your line of thinking, what do I expect Jeb Bush to say? Oh, look, he just said it. What do I expect, yeah. Charlie, you know, you know, oh, Charlie's to say, oh, look, they just said it. And it just isn't engaging. Right. It's forgettable. If it, You know, if you're delivering the expected, then, of course, you'll you don't need to look or listen because you know it already. Well, um, at that the the place that I referenced earlier that I think it, and and they, and they did it after I wrote the book and I think I'm I'm we we've, we're talking about a second edition because the examples you know age as you watch sure. the the calendar pages fall off the wall and uh, so this example was not available during selling when I was writing selling eating but I love what happened when Fallon took the Arby's account. Mm-hmm. Um, Fast food is a little different than casual dining. You, you, one of your pre-questions was, was who's doing a good job, and I'll be honest, I, I thought about it for it's coming up on twenty-four hours, <laughs> and I can't really say much positive stuff about marketing in the casual dine world. Now, the design and the experience mm-hmm. that is part of the marketing, a lot of casual dine places have that down great, and that's how they make their money and that's how they right. are popular. But as far as like communicating, I can't say a whole lot of positive about a whole lot of casual design, d- dining places. On the other hand, because they are 
bigger probably and because they are appealing to people who can be reached in a certain medium at a certain time of day or whatever, uh, I feel like a lot of uh, QSR places are very good at marketing. So it's just an interesting yeah. dynamic right there. But uh, communica- I should say communications as opposed to marketing because marketing is much bigger. But um, sure. the Arby's campaign I think is fantastic in that it managed to do something that I would have probably said they couldn't do. If you think back almost, it's probably been a year and a half now, but um, John Stewart could get a reliable laugh that we all understood by just throwing out the word Arby's and then saying something dumb. (laughs) Because we all saw Arby's as this kind of mongrel, middle-of-the-pack just schlepping along like the person who gets through high school making <laughs> B minuses and C pluses, who's good at something but not great. And right. um, I, I, I just couldn't have imagined that they would change my opinion or even just not even change my opinion, but start to make me admit that I maybe misjudged them. Because in the past, all they had ever done was gimmicky little advertising campaigns that yeah. everybody Incredibly understood. Boring. Yeah, you know, like, I get it. You went and hired a decent but not great agency to do some decent but not great ad. So it's like good mm-hmm. mood food and the hat that appears over their heads. And it wasn't right. abysmal, but it, I, maybe the good mood food guy was. But the, aren't they the <laughs> ones also who had Bo Deedle come out and uh, pretend to investigate Subway? Um, I think that might have been our Oh, yeah, well. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and, do you have and, a, a slicer in there? Right, and the slicer was became a big thing, and um, and I and I'm saying that tentatively, and I'm a restaurant marketer, and it's just it was not, it was memorable, but it wasn't fastened to who right. Arby's was, and I think that is a perfect example of what everything I'm saying is is there's something that they have managed to detect and deploy <laughs> right. with this new campaign that makes it seem authentic to Arby's. And that's the thing that I think everyone has to go into a dark room and quietly ask themselves, what isn't just something clever or catchy that we Mm -hmm. could do? Because, I mean, Applebee's has had a wide variety of clever and catchy campaigns that some of them are boring and some of them are annoying. And actually, some of them are really fun. Like the the, there was like one that they did where you could uh, get uh, blow-up dolls to sit in your place at work and then you could go spend more time at Applebee's or something like that. Fun, but not inherently growing out of who Arby's is, I, Applebee's is. Right. And that's what they've done with this campaign, with We Got the Meats, is that seems like, oh my God, you know what? Somebody, that was an available position that somebody could occupy. Nobody was advocating better QSR meats. And mm-hmm. they seem like they, that's a believable thing. And they managed to put the, 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 the final um, gloss on it by executing it in a very professional, like professionally funny and professionally presented way right. that feels different. So there, there's, your, there's your answer of how you would shoot your steak differently. Uh, shoot it the way that Arby's does with this like worshipful, simple focus that they mm-hmm. have proclaimed and now have starting to convince us that they are different because they have this focus. Um, I, I just think that they have managed to do something which I would never have believed change my opinion of Arby's after all those years of making 
never choosing them, always laughing yeah, at the John Stewart joke. Yeah, wet, wet noodles and safe, 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 safe. And it, I can only hope that they start to take this mentality and this culture shift with their that they have in their advertising and marketing and start injecting it into uh, their architecture and, and interior design. Um, they look like banks. They they look so, <laughs> you know, like white cube with a uh, with a note of wood check. Like it's so forgettable. Yeah. Um, you could wipe their logo off the front and put any old logo on there, and it would be believable. Um, there's such you know. trend people because that. Well, there you go. I mean, there's this idea of best practices, which in most industries is a marvelous thing to understand and to model your systems after because mm -hmm. someone else has kind of done the work to figure out the optimum way to fill in the blank to you know get bakery to deliver the buns at the right <laughs> right or whatever you know there's there's best yes. practices in all aspects of a business except you get to that marriage of business and art that becomes communication and suddenly, if you're just doing what everyone else has already done, well, if you're big enough, if you're Olive Garden, you can just run some ads that remind people, oh, yeah, there's an Olive Garden nearby. Right. If, if you're honestly, like Arby's, in a position where you need to make a change, you've got to ignore what everyone else does to a degree and figure out what you are about. Yeah. Olive Garden is a good uh, a good you know discussion point up there with uh, Red Lobster and we talked about Longhorn and Outback and he's you know and you, you made a a comment a little bit ago about like the you know the the fact that 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 format is very um, stagnant and I would say you know coming right out with it I think they're dinosaurs just that haven't quite died yet because mm -hmm. I think the question is like it's not so much in the marketing. Um, I, I do believe marketing can save the world, but that's just me being biased. Um, I think it's inherently in the format. Like, do we really need that anymore? Do people really need it? And I think the answer is no, not really. Like, we're we're very tech savvy, um, especially you know the the big M, the millennials. Like, um, they're very tech savvy. They're very do it yourself. Um, it's not an enigmatic process to order food. Mm -hmm. So. Why do I need some, you know, half engaged, definitely doesn't want to be there, human to come up to my table, interrupt my night, take my order, you know, throw the plates down in front of me, interrupt me again and ask me how everything is, knowing very well that it's probably not that great. You know, like it's such it's such a poor experience. It's so um, it's lackluster and it's doing more harm than good anymore. I would say. The, the brand that gets wise or brands that get wise to the only way that format is going to live on is if they use technology to change the way things are done. And I'm sorry, that, that means that the, the idea of the waiter is probably gone for, for, for them, for casual dining. I think, you know, fine dining, it's still very viable, but in the casual space, like it's just... I can order my own French fries and, you know, can you just come here and fill my drink when I need it? <laughs> That's really, really it. I have a complicated reply that I can't boil down to just a respect. I, I, yeah. I, I do believe 
that we live in a world of constant change and that I do believe that you millennial types are influencing everything the way the baby boomers before you did and changing things based on your expectations. So I don't disagree with what you're saying, mm-hmm. knowing that something will, somebody will hit the combination or the, you know, the, 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 the three cherries will come up on their slot machine of thought and yeah. they will come up with what you're talking about. In the meantime, I am highly critical of all the stabs that these places are taking by putting these distracting, clunky things on my table mm-hmm. uh, that are in my way, that are not... Because I, I feel like there's, there's a time and a place for so many different things. That's what makes restaurant marketing so interesting, is that right. there's every kind of experience that somebody has figured out a restaurant that, that solves that solves a need for people, which is, that's another way to think of it. It's like, what do people need your place for? Why do you, why is your place necessary? Is it just because right. it was open yesterday, it should open again today? That's not a good reason. But right. on the other hand, there are times in my life as um, someone who's maybe down the, uh, down, the, down the path a little ahead of you, where mm-hmm. I just want to take my college daughter out for a comfortable, non-demanding day. Right. Uh, and, and we're going to go to Olive Garden because I know she likes it. And I'm not, I mean, I could go to that trendy place. I could go to that one-off place that maybe delivers one time one way or one time another. Yeah. I don't want to think very hard. And you know what? WTF. Sure. <laughs> Let's go get some cheap over-boiled pasta. I don't care. And so, and a wine that I know is not good. Um, right. But we're going to sit and we're going to talk in this place that's familiar. And that, and that, that person's going to come to the table and do my thinking for me, mostly. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I get a server there who I actually engage with. And I think right. there's... There's something that I'm not sure technology will... Now, technology can certainly replace a lot of the uh, occasions. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need to have that server every single time. But there are times when I really value the fake friendship and the fake, <laughs> the fake relationship that develops over the 45 minutes to an hour and a half that I sit there, um, depending on how, how scheduled out the day is. And so... Um, Having the fake friend um, isn't a bad thing. It's just, it's the unquestioning, un, like the, dis- the, the, the dinosaur-like inability to adapt that, that makes it all highly questionable. So that's why I don't disagree yeah. with you. And I know that they struggle. Darden restaurants struggle sometimes, different co- types of mm-hmm. economies. And they try to freshen it up. And they put those things, those technological things on the table. Applebee's has one, too, where, uh-huh. you know, you're supposed to play games instead of talking to each other. Not, but there's a fundamental thing about eating. This is, there's so many aspects of restaurant marketing that are, that are interesting. And one is that it's a biological imperative that we all do yeah, up up yeah. to three times a day. And we like to do it with somebody sometimes, and you can take that quote out of context and use it however you like. <laughs> and um, it's it's a social situation that combines with a biological situation that's full of potential for for uh, gross-out 
you know, you know, like, oh my God, I just spit something out accidentally. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, there's so many aspects to it that go beyond just um, what each individual restaurant is trying to achieve. The basic format of me sitting across from my daughter or my wife or whoever, a coworker, um, that. That is that's a valuable social moment, and I think uh, it's a it's a delight to stage it in different ways, um, in different places. But you know, there's the place that we go to from our office for lunch a lot. Um, we would not give that server up for the world. We love Jen. She's absolutely sure. almost like she works at the agency. She's so much a part of the agency life. <laughs> right. And um, so it just depends on the situation. Um, and even an Olive Garden server now and then, there's one in the Terre Haute one. Oh, my God, she gets down right at your eye level, and she's uh-huh. like, she's so good at pretending to bond with right. you. And it, it's, it's got, it's, it's sort of, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy a, 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 a tense psychological uh, performance by an experimental playwright in an, off-Broadway setting. I also like right. to watch, you know, whatever. Avengers. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I mean, there's a place for everything. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think um, we we live in a world where technology is so advanced where I think, once again, some of these places, they're, they're missing the cue. They're missing the mark and they're missing the why. Um, so you mentioned that they, they do have that stuff on the tables, but that's just checking a box to me, it seems. I think this is truly a problem solving issue that needs to be approached as such. Like what, like you said it early on, why do you exist? Okay. So why would you introduce technology so you can ignore the people that you're with? Well, I can do that at home. (laughs) You know, I can have it delivered to my front door too. And I can, you know, I don't have to be there. And and I think it's like I, to draw the the boys out of their phone is impossible. I can't get them to put the phone down. Why do I want to add a screen? Exactly. Now, yeah. Now, here's one more thing to take me away from what was supposed to be quality time with my with my kids or my friends or my family. Um, I do think that if thought properly, technology can be the delivery mechanism for the kind of experience that you want to have that night. Yeah. So, if you want that engaged uh, waitress then or waiter, then yes, boom, like it's a click of a button and you get that experience. And what's great is you can be more discerning and uh, with, with the type of people that you hire. And you can have the the type of person that's going to bend over on the table, make eye contact, engage, remember what your name was, and not just because she said it 16 times after you said it, <laughs> but, you know, like actually have the, the cream of the crop for the people that are really good at that and deliver an experience that's worth having over and over again. Um, and then you also had mentioned like the, the social social nature of restaurants. I think that's something that people say, but they don't really understand what that means. And um, we try to tell our clients here, or at least I do, maybe to no avail, but like you're, you're not creating a food delivery, you know, or a food delivery mechanism for people. Like you said, like we're going to eat. We, we have to. So it's either you or the next guy. I don't really care. At some point, I'm, I'm going to, I got to put something in my mouth and use that however you want. Um, take that out of context if you want, I guess I'm going to put something in my mouth and, um, I, I hope it's going to be, you know, my, my choice instead of like by necessity. Yes. Um, but the thing is, is like when, when brands start to realize that they are, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, when, when brands start to realize that they are, um, a lifestyle choice, and they are a represent like they represent something to be used by people 
to tell the world their own story. So oh, like, seriously, yeah. you know, I go to Whole Foods. Well, I don't really because I value like budgets and money. But when I do go to Whole Foods, it's because part of it is I want to get something there. The other part is I feel like I'm eating better when I'm there. And the third part is I kind of want people to know I went to Whole Foods because it says something about me to them. Right. I, and, I need to bring I need to bring potato salad to my sisters. Oh, I'll stop by Whole Foods and get. I never go exactly. to anything else. But, <laughs> do they even sell potato salad? I don't. Maybe I just revealed that I don't go to. I think it might be free range potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and I think a lot of brands they may um, say it in in the meetings, but then they then they just fall so short of living it. I think Taco Bell's done a, an amazing job of taking the focus of what is what is the meat actually made out of. And just made it into a style and like a, a life. Yeah, and it's I another think, QSR um, that just totally has mastered yeah. marketing. Right. You know, and I think Applebee's, that whole eating good in the neighborhood or whatever it is, um, again, I just – you're not going to be better than Moe's and Joe's down the road um, at, at being the homey hometown bar. You're not going to own that because you're not a hometown bar. Um, but they have to find somewhere that they can play that actually uh, works for them or change the format altogether. Yeah. They, they, I think they do well when, in, when they go into a place that doesn't have a good hometown bar. Then they become like the, the morphine instead of the heroin. And right. you, know, you get what you need, but it's not really what you wanted. But. Right. <laughs> it's, a, it's super interesting. Um, It'll be it'll be fun to see how these next few years start to pan out. I I feel like these brands are slowly but surely on the brink of either, you know, calling it quits or doing something great because they what, can't go on this way. What I what I am just waiting to see if the what I wonder is if the millennials are truly a different attitude driven force or mm-hmm. is there just are there just so many of you and we've given you kind of given you some power and you're mm-hmm. just acting the way all of us acted when we were between 20 and 40 and right. <laughs> um or however whatever the millennial is supposed to be i guess i don't even know the exact out you know out, when, yeah when, i'm, when I'm technically out. i guess i think i'm technically a millennial and i'm flattered every time you call me one um <laughs> but i don't think i think i think 1980 is the beginning technically but i think it's like uh anything else in the world where we're we're not full-on millennial <laughs> yeah 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 well and i get to choose whether i want to be a boomer or an xer uh right I, <laughs> and, and these days i try to choose xer just so i can stay relevant but um right. but yeah the um the thing that I'm waiting to see is like, will you guys demand that Darden change all their, you know, make seasons 52 their flagship and not Red Lobster? Or um, will you crave the familiar and the, and the low right. and the low demand of a completely predictable evening getting exactly what you know you're going to get? Right. You're not going to be elated, but you're not going to be disappointed. Is that an age thing, or are you guys actually different? And, you know, it's absolutely difficult to make any kind of sweeping statement, because who knows? I mean, everybody everybody has, well, everybody has a lot of different personas that they assume. And so there are nights when I would only consider going to a unique um, 
even challenging, or at least not challenging, but interesting mm -hmm. new place. Um, and then there are days where I just want everybody to be happy and that we could just sit and talk without thinking. Right. Yeah, I think um, what I've noticed with me, I'm, I'm, uh, the ripe old age of 36, is um, <laughs> I've sort of let go of maybe some of the thoughts and um, stances I've had on things previously. Because, you know, I, I find myself in situations like you had mentioned earlier, where it's like, I don't care that McDonald's is really bad for me. Like, I just, I want to drive through something and I want like my chicken McNuggets and my French fries. And I really like their French fries and I don't want to feel bad about this anymore. And if you don't you go know? every day, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not, it's not my meal plan. It's just like, it's Saturday. I got things to do, and I can get right there's McDonald's. Now. Yeah, yeah, I can get breakfast too. Yeah, which isn't isn't nearly as bad. You know, the egg McMuffins are stellar. Always have been. But um, yeah, I think you know, I think pe as people evolve, and you know, I think there's only so much variety that you can have before you start just getting uh, almost frozen or you know entranced deer in headlights, and you start just to settle into the the places that you trust. Well, and I try not to be the told you so or Right. Or rolling my eyes guy. But it's like I watch the people here at work and I'm working at an ad agency. I'm constantly working with younger and younger people all the time. But uh -huh. I watch them get on kind of a funny little conveyor belt that I'm on. I'm on your same conveyor belt. I had the girlfriend who became my wife. We got the dog. We got right. the house. We got the juicer. We started juicing. We juiced a lot yeah, of have to. juices um, and, and then experimented with different kinds of cooking. We went through a foodie phase. We went through the, you know, all the different things that I watched these people. They're all, we're all on a conveyor belt. And so mm -hmm. that's what I'm curious. Will the conveyor belt like, like switch and then you guys will maintain your interest in foodie uh, and I'd say you guys, but will the millennials continue I mean, yeah. to drive this, I need it my way, my custom way, I need it to be artisanal and I need it to be non, I need everything to make, remind me of Bernie Sanders and Gary Johnson, I need right. that. Maybe you'll still be that way and maybe you will also go on the same career about that I'm on where I've, I was there once, I was once like you. <laughs> I know that world. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it will be interesting to see how things start to pan out. Um, I think we're starting to see, at least here, I, and what, what, what we're doing, I'm starting to see a shift in that those things that you just mentioned are now table stakes. Yeah, um, yeah. It's and, not and what I'm also starting to see is that this not non-design or bad design by design aesthetic and this sort of street like realism is mm -hmm. starting to take hold, you know, where it's like, I don't want this perfectly planned, beautiful designed experience. I want, you know, uh, Joe Schmo who opened up a dirty taco stand because <laughs> I like his tacos better. Cause that seems more real. Yep. And I think that's like, that'll be interesting to see if that becomes something in a trend or, Something that takes hold. So I want it artisanal. I want it. I want it to be experimental. I want you to try the sambal sauce with the shredded kale, whatever, blah. But, but I, I want it to come from a guy that may not have washed his hands. Right. And <laughs> as you age, will you want it at the next interstate exit? Exactly. So that it's right where you need it, and you don't have to go into the labyrinth. You know, 
streets of a, yeah. of a, of a city you don't know that well. Exactly, I, I yeah. Even though we have Google. I mean, it's still scary. <laughs> well, and, so, and maybe it's not. Maybe it's all changed and, 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 and people aren't so prone to just take the easy way out. But I think people don't change that much. Maybe they do. Yeah, it's the, uh, the thing of the more that we change, the more we stay the same kind of thing. Because um, I definitely see the parallels still, too, you know. But it is interesting to watch all these different restaurant concepts try to try to approximate authenticity, which is such right. a challenge, you know. Uh, the barbecue joint that gets everything a little bit rough, not right. quite polished, that's the way they do it, and yet there's hundreds of them, you know. And the yeah. the... Which 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 gives you so much choice that you have to stop talking to the people that you're with in order to, to concentrate <laughs> and figure out their system. And if you know their system, you still have to concentrate to figure out how to fill out the bank. And yeah, um, but yet it's it's giving you that choice you said you wanted, and maybe that's what you want. Yeah, or, or maybe not. I know we've definitely seen some things that counter. And same thing with health, like what what people say isn't what they actually act on. And I think there's a lot of discussion around that to be had too. Um, but hey, we're at 40 minutes and I try to keep true to my promises. I understand. Um, the good news is I, I think we definitely have to talk again. Um, I want to talk again. I think this has been great. I think the listeners would agree. Um, so before we close the doors on this one and hit the button, um, why don't you tell everyone where we can find you, how we can follow you and all that good stuff. I will tell you that the uh, both of the Selling, eating, and nuggets, nibbles, morsels, crumbs are available through the usual uh, channels, the Amazons, the iTunes, and such, because they're both ebooks as well. Uh, and then uh, I, I blog some at, at sellingeating.com. Uh, I've actually found that blogging will kill you. And yes. so I've turned it more into uh, an occasional uh, article and more of an author site. But you can find me at sellingeating.com. And as I said, I work at youngalaramoreadvertising.com. And we are always looking to make new friends at Young Alaramore Advertising. So you can go to just look up Young and it's L-A-R-A-M-O-R-E. Uh, Google that and that's another way in. So I've enjoyed it very much. Awesome. I'm glad I'm glad you were able to do it and hop on. Um, uh, I was I was a little bit scared that the final episode of this month wasn't going to happen and it may just be a terrible monologue. But uh, this is a great surprise and an early Christmas present. for Aww. me. So um, that said, I hope everyone has a great Christmas, has a great new year. I hope it's safe and we will talk to you in 2017. Once again, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Do follow us at Grits Grids. That's Grits Grids with no end in between on Instagram and Twitter. This podcast and the Grits and Grids blog is a passion project of Vigor, a restaurant and beverage branding and marketing firm based in Atlanta. Check us out at www.vigorbranding.com. And of course, we're all over social media. Until next week, stay hungry, stay thirsty, and be creative.